Hey everyone, with the church being canceled today, I'm doing my best to just supplement or at least provide you with some opportunity to keep on studying and learning if that's something that uh, you're wanting to do. So what I'm going to do with this short uh, audio, this podcast, is just simply introduce you to a guy by the name of A.W. Tozer. Uh, his name is Aiden Wilson Tozer. He was born in 1897 and died in 1963. One of the reasons that I decided to look at A.W. Tozer is um, because he's been one of those people that through his writing specifically, he's had uh, a pretty important impact on, on me. And when I was originally putting this lesson together, I was thinking about doing it uh, tonight as we were going to be having our devotional. And so uh, what I prepared was shorter than normal. Um, but A.W. Tozer was born in Akron, Ohio, 1897. He he converted to Christianity at the age of uh, 17. It was within just a few short years in 1919, five years after he became uh, a Christian, that without really any formal theological training and really not really having done much school, I believe he went to school through the sixth grade, uh, that he took his first uh, position uh, working with a church as its minister in West Virginia. Uh, he worked mostly with what is called the Alliance Church. Uh, he began following that time uh, in West Virginia. That was the beginning of what turned out to be a 44-year uh, career in ministry, uh, 30 of those years uh, serving at the Southside Alliance Church in Chicago from 1928 to 1959. Uh, maybe one of the reasons that I resonate with him was that his uh, final place where he spent uh, his ministry was in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I think there's two key things that Tozer is remembered for, and I'll try my best to find a link that you can access uh, these quotes. Um, because when I had, again, originally put this together, because Tozer's writing seemed to be so influential, I was going to spend less time talking about his life and more time just looking at a few of the things that he's written. But, but one of the things that he's remembered for is being called an evangelical mystic. Now, the word mystic for a lot of us uh, is not a word we use. Uh, for some of us, it may even make us feel uh, uncomfortable. But, but in his own words from the book, The Christian Book of Mystic Verse, Tozer uh, defines what he means when he talks about uh, being a mystic. He said, I refer to the evangelical mystic who has been brought by the gospel into intimate fellowship with the Godhead. His theology is no less and no more than is taught in the Christian scriptures. He differs from the ordinary Orthodox Christian only because he experiences faith down in the depths of his sentient being, while the others does not. He exists in a world of spiritual reality. He is quietly, deeply, and sometimes almost ecstatically aware of God's presence in his own nature and in the world around him. So to be a mystic or an evangelical mystic, what Tozer is saying, it is somebody who not just has the head knowledge, not just has the uh, awareness of who God is or, or, or a master of, of doctrine, uh, 
but a person for whom all of that knowledge has touched them deeply, that they have a relationship with the God that they worship and the God they serve. And then also a, a mystic is a person who learns to see God in Scripture, but learns also to see God in the events of everyday life. He's quoted in an essay that he wrote called Bible Taught or Spirit Taught. He said, It is altogether possible to be instructed in the rudiments of the faith and still have no real understanding of the whole thing. And it's possible to go on to become an expert in the Bible and not have spiritual illumination with the result that a veil remains over the mind, preventing it from apprehending the truth in its spiritual essence. And so once again, what Tozer is saying by that is that, that it's, it's possible to know a lot about God, but in the end, not really know God. It's possible to master things in the Bible, and yet really when it comes to spiritual things, to remain unaware and uninformed. So the first thing that A.W. Tozer is remembered for in Christian circles is the, that he is an evangelical mystic. Again, mystic not in some strange sense, but mystic in the sense that he wanted to foster a personal relationship with God. The other thing is that he is seen as a modern-day prophet. Again, as we speak of prophet, we're not speaking of one who claims they can, can foretell the future. That's how a lot of people speak of when they call themselves prophets or call others prophets. These are people who can prophesy about things to come. But what Tozer was known for was his ability to speak prophetically into our situation and our context. To, to speak God's words into a specific situation. Uh, that that mindset or that approach of his began really early in his life. Uh, in his early 20s, when he, when he first began uh, as a young man to enter into the ministry, he wrote down what he now calls the prayer of a minor prophet. Here's just a sampling of that prayer. I am thy servant to do thy will. And that will is sweeter to me than, po than position or riches or fame. And I choose it above all things on earth or in heaven. Though I am chosen of thee and honored by a whole high and holy calling, let me never forget that I am but a man of dust and ashes a man with all the natural faults and passions that plague the race of men. I pray thee, therefore, my Lord and Redeemer, save me from myself and from all the injuries I may do to myself while trying to be a blessing from others. Fill me with thy power by the Holy Spirit, and I will go in thy strength and tell of thy righteousness even thine only. My God, I shall not waste time deploring my weakness, nor my unfitness for the work. The responsibility is not mine, but thine. And then he goes on to say, Give me vision to see 
and courage to report what I see faithfully. Make my voice so like thine own that even the sick sheep will recognize it and follow thee. So A.W. Tozer was a man who was pursuing a relationship with God and attempted to see God in the parts of everyday life. But he was also a person who prayed that he would be able to speak prophetically to, to people when, when people moved away from or moved astray from God. And so what I want to do is just to introduce you to some more of the samplings of his writings. Again, I bypass the, his biography uh, which is a part of what I'm trying, trying to do in these classes and introduce people's biography. But in this recording, I just want to give you a sense of the things that he's written. And so this is a sampling. Two of his most popular books are The Pursuit of God and The Knowledge of the Holy. And this is a sampling of The Pursuit of God. This is what he writes about Abraham. I have said that Abraham possessed nothing. Yet was not this poor man rich? Everything he had owned before was his still to enjoy. Sheep, camels, herds, and the goods of every sort. He had also his wife and his friends, and the best of all he and his son Isaac, safe by his side. He had everything, but he possessed nothing. There is the spiritual secret. There is the sweet theology of the heart, which can be learned only in the school of renunciation. The books on systematic theology overlook this, but the wise will understand. After that bitter and blessed experience, I think the words my and mine never again had the same meaning for Abraham. What Tozer is talking about here is how Abraham went up the mountain ready to give God everything, ready to open his hands and to release even the thing that he loved most, his own son Isaac. And yet when he came down from the mountain, he still had all of his possessions. He had the blessing of his son. His wealth and his riches remained his. But yet everything was his, and yet simultaneously nothing was his because he had opened his hands to give it all to God. And so out of reflection on the story of Abraham, Tozer prays, Father, I want to know thee, but my coward heart fears to give up its toys. I cannot part with them without inward bleeding, and I do not try to hide from thee the terror of the parting I come trembling, but I do come. Please root out from my heart all those things which I have cherished so long and which have become a very part of my living self, so that thou may enter and dwell there without a rival. So Tozer prays that in many ways he can become like Abraham, but he admits that he fears to give up the toys. He speaks of his heart and of its longing. And so A.W. Tozer is a person trying to grow into the kind of a person like Abraham who might have everything but possess nothing.
And then in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, this is what Tozer writes. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The child, the philosopher, and the religious person all have one question. What is God like? This book is an attempt to answer that question. Yet at the outset, I must acknowledge that it cannot be answered, except to say that God is not like anything. That is, he is not exactly like anything or anybody. Left to ourselves, we tend immediately to reduce God to manageable terms. We want to get him where we can use him, or at least to know where he is when we need him. We want a God we can in some measure control. We need the feeling of security that comes from knowing what God is like and what he is like. Of course, a composite of all the religious pictures we have seen, all the best people we have known or heard about, and all the subtle ideas that we have entertained. The heaviest obligation lying on the Christian church today is to purify and elevate her concept of God until it is once more worthy of Him. In all her prayers and labors, this should have first place. We do the greatest service to the next generation of Christians by passing on to them the undimmed and undiminished, that noble concept of God, which we received from our Hebrew and Christian fathers of generations past. This will prove of greater value to them than anything that art or science can devise. I've always been struck by Tozer's notion that anytime we say God is like, however we finish that sentence, it is a reduction of God. God is indeed like those things, but God has lowered himself so that we can understand him by giving us these terms. And I like Tozer's emphasis that the greatest thing that we can pass on to future generations is a high view of God. But I mentioned at the beginning that Tozer is well known for his prophetic ministry. And as we talk about his prophetic ministry, we need to remind ourselves that he died in 1963. And that even though his words seem very contemporary to our situation, perhaps very relevant, uh, this is at a time that was the precursor even to the place that we were. One of his biographers, James Snyder, said of Tozer, when Tozer saw things developing within a congregation that he believed to be detrimental to its spiritual development, he got riled up and spoke boldly against it. Yet he also always pointed the way out. He called the danger for what it was and then offered the group he criticized a biblical solution that was focused on Christ. He had the ability to make his listeners face themselves in light of what God was saying to them. And so we have... Tozer looking at the world 
and warning Christians, conservative Christians, about three things. And so I'm, though his prophetic ministry dealt with many other things, I just want to pull out three of the things that Tozer warned against. And the first was the spirit of entertainment. He says, This spirit of Babylon, in the form of entertainment, has not only seeped into the church, but has also been welcomed through the front door with inviting arms and has come in like a flood. The average Christian today is addicted to exterior pleasures. Can any Christian church survive today without a heavy dose of entertainment? It is the culture of fun, fun and more fun. Performance has replaced worship. We no longer have worshipers, but rather observers and spectators who sit in awe of the performance. The demand is for something that will make us feel good about ourselves and make us forget about all our troubles. Even in the 50s and the 60s, Tozer was concerned that churches would give themselves over to the spirit of entertainment. And I think his warnings are worth our own awareness and consideration. Then he warns against the spirit of lethargy. He says, by lethargy, I mean living on yesterday's momentum. Lethargy is this notion that that what can be accomplished has been accomplished. It's a way of looking at the past and saying that the past, that's what we need to hold on to. That's what we need to return to. But Tozer says, probably the most discouraging aspect of this, that being spiritual lethargy, is that many have grown accustomed to a static condition and have succumbed to a spirit of non-expectation. The only expectation most have is that when they die, they fully expect to go to heaven. Apart from that, they're going to spend their time having fun and enjoying their religion. So what is it that we expect? And it's that expectation that can easily lead to lethargy, a form of laziness in our spiritual lives. The third thing that Tozer warns against is impotent leaders. He says, apostasy starts when certain men creep in unaware and replace the Holy Spirit as the guiding force of the Christian movement. The church was never designed to be piloted by men. Rather, the Holy Spirit birthed the church on the day of Pentecost as a vehicle through which he could do his work in each generation. And I'm not sure whether this audio format was the best way to introduce Tozer to you. Again, I'll find a way that you can look over his writings, but I encourage you to look into his writings. He's a person that if you read him, you'll find that his words have some significance for us today. So as we look at ancient voices that impact contemporary situations, I think Tozer's voice is one that we also should be hearing.